everybody, and welcome to this week of Sippin' Tea. My name is Andy. My name's Mita. Yes, it is. Hello. I always yell it like a... <laughs> I'm Mita! I'm Mita! <laughs> Listen to me! Um, <laughs> every time... Oh, no. So, ever since Iggy Azalea came out with that song called Ho, Mita... Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time, just every now and then, when you say Mita, that's like the first thing that I think of is home Mita, <laughs> and I'm oh, like, oh, that's fun. I wish I had a home Mita phase. Iggy Azalea really ruined that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You do you. Yeah, man, she's got her millions. She really does. I can't judge. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get down to business to fight the mystery of history. <laughs> I was gonna say to fight the Huns, but then I was like, no, wrong era in China. <laughs> <laughs> to fight the mystery <laughs> of history? Why are we fighting the mystery? I don't know. Hey, man. It, it gives right. me something to do. <laughs> it felt right in the moment. Okay. I was fighting. referencing Mulan, and then I was like, that's a whole different dynasty. That's a it's whole a different whole, era. There's a lot of dynasties, first of all. <laughs> um, it's so a lot. We're going to talk about a um, war in 1962 between China and India. It's the um, Sino Indian War. Sino. Sino. Sino? <laughs> we just listened to that lady say it on Google. Did she say Sino? Sino. Sino. We'll say Sino. Yeah. I'll say Sino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if that's not right, we apologize. I don't but, fucking care. Yeah, Words whatever. is, you can look, Google it. <laughs> so this is a dispute between India and China. Obvi. Obvi. And then... Well, is it? Because I don't think a lot of people would have known... That's true, though. Sino. That's true. Would mean China. That is true. Because I didn't. Because it's also known as the Indochina War. Yeah. But I guess more historically it's known as the other i don't know what the word is for that but it's like amongst like the smart people who read the books yeah they absolutely. say Sino. and like beyond this point we will just reference this as like the war and <laughs> the war of 1962 you'll be you'll be in check you'll because be on it. you know you know what we're talking about so co-host mita yeah why did this war start oh man how did it start so <laughs> I would like to cold open. Oh, God. Andy picked this topic. I did. I was really interested. I'm really fascinated by India, and I really want to start looking more into their history. Right. So um, this is like one of the first things that I think popped up, and I think it's because the anniversary is coming up on like October 20th. Yeah. So And it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. Not, but, maybe not America, but yeah. So, so like in researching this, I was like, what am I going to find for this war? Like, mm -hmm. what am I, what am I going to find that's going to be interesting to like, me? What interests what me? What interests me? Because like the whole point is like, first of all, to do a podcast on a topic about like a war, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, that's broad. It's too broad. <laughs> it's too broad. Even though this was a very short war. A month. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was but like 31 days. It, the, the information. Is a lot. It's crazy. And it's, it's got layers. It's got levels. So many levels. And it's got depth. So deep. <laughs> deep, deep down in the mucky, mucky earth that is war. Yeah. I don't know. War is stupid to me because I'll never understand why people fight over something that you don't technically own. But that's just me. Yeah. We've never gone to war for something that's like, I guess World War II was, we were fighting for something. But then technically that was over land. Like it was because the Nazis were taking over other countries. Yeah, they wanted to and dominate like, the world. But can man own Earth? No, she's always going to put you right in place. Philosophy, Coronavirus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're in the middle of it right now. She's, she's just like, trying to thin the earth. Y'all are in these streets. I'm going to need you to calm down. These man, are my streets. My not streets. Yours. Don't ever forget. Nature will always be number one. Oh, my God. I digress. Anyway, so in looking up 
the Sino-Indian War, mm-hmm. Sino-India War. Man, I'm going to say it wrong. Ended up looking up the war of 1962. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> come to find out, the entire thing popped off because of Tibet. Yeah. Now, we like Veep. I love Veep. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Veep friendship here. Yeah. That show is amazing. Julia Louis-Dreyfus knew what she was doing. She gets it. That's yeah. incredible writing, incredible acting, and it's and Gary. I don't, I don't know Gary's name, but Gary is a national Tony treasure. Tony. Something. Hell. That sounds right. I believe so. Oh, boy. I know it's Tony. Don't know the last name, but y'all can Google it. Anyway, so there's a whole Tibet storyline that happens in Veep. If you've never watched it, it's on HBO. Yeah. Check it out. It's hilarious. Um, and so when I found out that this war literally was... The catalyst was Tibet and its relationship with China and yeah. India. I was like, yo, I'm going right in on Tibet because mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like my entire life you hear about Tibet. And like I remember seeing all the stuff mm-hmm. for like college kids and like free Tibet, free Tibet. And I was like, what are yeah. they what's freeing them for? I never took the time to research it. No. And because of public education and living in America, I'd never learned it in any class in no. my entire life. So essentially... So I'm going to start like a little bit at the end and then we're going to take it to the way back machine okay, okay. and then we'll bring it up to 62. Okay. All right. Bring us to the end. So we're going to start in 1949. Okay. Because what happens in 1949 is India and China both get their independence in yes. a way. Right. Yeah. So China had been going through its own civil war, yeah. um, communist party versus the non-communist essentially, which yeah. I cannot pronounce the names, but it's got a K in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the communist party won. So in 1949, the People's Republic of uh, China was born, basically. And then the Republic of India was born, and that's where India got its, um, I'm going to say freedom, but that's not the word, independence from Britain. That's the word I was looking for. Okay, that's fine. So that happened in 1949. What ended up happening is once India got its its independence or whatever, they were Mm -hmm. quick to make a couple of statements. Yeah. And they were like, yo. Yeah. It's 1949. Mm -hmm. We just got hip to this whole independence thing. You know, we're out here. We got like. Gandhi taught us some things. Mm-hmm. All right. We learned some mm-hmm. stuff. Not really fucking with what China's doing in Tibet. Yeah. And then China was like, excuse me? Yeah. What you got? You ain't got no opinion about Tibet? Yeah, no. So <laughs> also to add to that, up until that point, Southern Tibet was actually, was yeah. part of India. Yeah. Because it, I think there was an agreement in 1914. Something where like that. They, we'll go back to it. Yeah. Now. They, it was theirs. Yeah. And so also they were like, no, no, no. This portion of Tibet is ours. Yeah, yeah. This portion of Tibet is ours. And then the rest of Tibet is itself. Yeah. And then China's its own country. China's like, I want Tibet. (laughs) I just want all of it. The only way I can describe China, anybody who's ever seen, um, uh, not, oh yeah, The Office. Yeah. China is, is Dwight Schrute. And (laughs) China, every time you say anything to China, they're just like false. And you're like, but that's actually true. And they're like, but it's not. And you're like, but science. And then China goes, no. No. China just says no a lot. (laughs) If you ever want to take a lesson in saying no, Look at the history of China. They just say no to everything. No. <laughs> no. Can we have equal rights? No. <laughs> Can we have a little freedom? Absolutely not. They're just quick to a no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was in 1949. Indians get their little independ- independence. They're like, yo, whatever China's doing in Tibet, we don't fucks with it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, 1954. And that's when China and India conclude the five principles of a peaceful coexistence. Okay. Which this literally sounds like the biggest like bullshit agreement I've ever. The title of it is really authoritarian. It sounds like cupcakes and rainbows and unicorns and sunshine. See, you see, you hear rainbows and cupcakes and probably because of the word peaceful. It sounds like a utopian society. I hear authoritarian demands because if China comes to Tibet or China goes to India and says, here are the five principles for a peaceful coexistence. Mm -hmm. And you have to sign this document, which implies if you don't sign this document, you will will not consequences. You will not. It will not be peaceful Mm -hmm. and we will not coexist together. 
Okay. See, it sounds threatening. I think, I think just by like the title, just of, of anything that anything of peaceful coexistence, it just sounds like I want world peace, man. Like it just sounds. It, it does. Sounds very, right. It sounds like if you sign it, things will be good. But yeah. what that implies is if you don't sign it, will things will be bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. we won't be able to coexist. Okay, and I'm like, fair. that's authoritarian. Um, yeah, and the, so the five principles was mutual respect for so- sovereignty. Sov- sovereignty. Sovereignty. It's a dumb word. That's a dumb it's word. It's a dumb word. I literally, I think I said, I think I even had Google tell me how to say it. There's an I in there, it. isn't there? Yeah. Like a G? Yeah. I There's can't spell it, but it's a dumb word. It is. Sovereignty. Um, and <laughs> territorial integrity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mutual non-aggression. Boop, boop. Non-interference in each other's internal affairs. Yep. Equality and mutual benefit. That's five, right? Yeah. Okay. No, that was four. What am I counting? Um, mutual respect for s- that and territorial integrity is one. Oh, got it. Counted it as two. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. And then the last one is just peaceful coexistence, which I was like, can you elaborate? Which again implies <laughs> if you don't put your name on this dotted line, there will not be peaceful. It's, yeah. it's see, it, to me, it feels threatening. I don't know if that's just being a woman, but like that <laughs> agreement sounds threatening. But the main tenet of the main thing of the 1954 five principles of peaceful coexistence mm-hmm. was that India, by signing that, had to acknowledge Chinese rule in Tibet. Yes. Which it was really a situation where India essentially signed it and they were like, okay, on paper, I'm acknowledging it. But as a country, we do not acknowledge mm-hmm. that Chinese rules in Tibet because everybody else in the world sees Tibet as its own free independence. Yeah. Um, and so the fun thing about the 1954 five principles of peaceful coexistence, which I like saying because it's a tour, a, a fun name. Yeah. But I'm going to call it a tea gag moment. Okay. Cause it's like getting tea gagged. Are you tea gagging me right now? I'm tea gagging on history. If okay. you will. Okay. So, in 1954, as part of that, they had drawn up a new territorial map. Sure did. Sure did, right? So China and India are like, okay, we're going to have this little agreement. Well, let's take yeah. a quick look yeah. at this map. We're going to check out these borders. Let's keep it cute. We're going like, to use like a bold Sharpie or like, like a, a bold ink to an, like, an this ink. is Rich 1954 land. ink. Yeah. yeah. So cut to China. Yeah. <laughs> Just cuts a smooth, like, 120,000 square kilometer chunk out of India. Yes. And they draw their own freshly new border. Yeah. And the way that I imagine it, do you remember when um, we had that hurricane situation in 2019? Trump tried to change the border of, what was it, Alabama? Alabama? He, like, like, there's, like, a map from, like, the National Weather's, like, society or whatever. And it's, like, it's going to hit here. And then Trump just took a black Sharpie. I forgot about that. And his fat orange fingers and drew a whole nother section and was like, it's going to hit here. And everybody's like, no, Nostradamus, that's not how science works. And and that's what China did to India on a border map. They essentially said, we're just going to take this out. And then India, the way I picture it is like, like the Indian prime minister's like got a magnifying glass and he's like looking closely at the paper. And he's like, this is India over here though. And China's like, oh my, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. How did that happen? That was a mistake. Wow. Really fat fingered that. Like, what are we looking at? So much to the point where... 20,000 square kilometer mistake. Mistake. That's a chunk. That's that's a chunk of India. That's a chunk of land. That's a lot. That's a clear new border. Yeah. (laughs) That's an obvious chunk. And essentially China's response was, my bad, we'll we'll redraw the map. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like they tried it essentially. Immediately. So they just came to this agreement of like peaceful Peaceful coexistence. coexistence. (laughs) And right off the bat, we're 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 taking out the territorial integrity. Yeah. Right off the bat, 
we're going to hit him with a little lie. We're going <laughs> to lie to you a little bit. Let's see what we can get away with. But like, I almost wonder. So to me, the thought process was like, oh, but they signed this agreement. So like if we present them with this map right. then they can't say anything because territorial integrity. <laughs> Right, I think China was. I think the way I see it is they were trying to be shady. Oh, like absolutely. If India, uh, if prime minister like just didn't take a close look and and sign yeah, something, they'd be exactly. like, we just got a bunch of new land. They were literally hoping for like a, shady a, just boots. Like somebody just to pass the inspection real quick. I read that and I was like, this is a historical tea gagging moment because yeah. that is shady boots. Mm -hmm. Shady boots, China. I, I imagine when they handed them the map to the person that was there had like their thumb over like where it was. <laughs> like that little like, border. Do you want to improve this? You just want to, just, just wanna an initial in the corner. It. Yeah. I can't see the full map. Oh no, it's fine. Right just, there, yeah, it's, just, it's I'm just holding it. I'm holding it for you. So you can just sign it right, right here. Right here, like initial here, initial here. Signature in the bottom. Absolutely. And India was like, excuse me, move your thumb. And they're like, that's mine. That's my land. Oh, my God. I can't believe China. China plays games. They're, they're having a good time. And that was so funny to me when I read that. They're having a like, good time. Because like, then literally they were just like, my bad. I'll redraw the map. Yeah. Like, they didn't even fight it. I could see if it was like 500 square kilometers. Like, that would be like an honest right. mistake on a map. Yeah. Like, I get it. And then 1954, like, we don't have a lot of satellites. Yeah. We're not getting Google map images yeah. here. We're <laughs> if it was just like a little mistake but this 120,000 square we're in america so like our unit of measurement it's dumb is dumb and Imperial i don't is stupid don't understand kilometers <laughs> but like that's a lot of, it's a lot <laughs> that's a big so number. like so like five like a five kilometer like a 5k run mm -hmm. is 3.2 miles oh okay. so 120,000 times square kilometers that's crazy yeah that's it's a little less than 120,000 miles, but it's still a lot. It's a lot. It's I don't know. I don't know no land like that. Anyway, so that was my tea gag moment. I was like, China tried I liked it. it. China I liked tried it. it. I, you you tea gagged me good. <laughs> tea gagged good. So then in 1959, so this is uh, five years after they signed the the peaceful coexistence treaty and redrew that map. Absolutely. The People's Republic of China leader Mao Zedong. I'm gonna say Zedong. Um, they ended up. I read that the prime minister of India was, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Dalai Lama was exiled out of Tibet. Yeah. Some would say that he fled Tibet. Yeah. But that happened in 1959. Mm -hmm. And when the Dalai Lama fled Tibet and went to India, he was he was welcomed with open arms. India yeah. was like, yo, China's over here messing up. Because like, India's we, always, like, they've always fell in line with Tibet. They always had Tibet. The world recognized yeah. legally that Tibet had yeah. its own state. We'll go into it. But at that time, everybody except for China accepts that Tibet is its own free state. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. so when um, the, the Dalai Lama leaves or flees or is evicted, however you want to word it, not evicted. Not evicted. What's the word when somebody kicks you out? Exiled. I just said it. Thank you. <laughs> it's an E. It's an E. I did my best. I evict you from this country. I evict country. you from your own country, which is essentially kind of what they did. Yeah. But so because India op uh, accepted the Dalai Lama with open arms, essentially Mao Zedong got jealous. Yeah. Is what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 you're you're unlawfully occupying yeah. a country that is not yours to occupy. The rest yeah. of the world knows that you guys are fucking up. And then you get mad when their leader is accepted by other well, another country. Absolutely. And I think to add a little perspective to this as well, you have to remember that leading up to this point, India actually has been really supportive of China. Yeah. Because they want they're two of the largest populated areas in the, world. in the world like always have been always and will be. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like okay we have to maintain a really healthy relationship with china so right. like to the point where 
India didn't even attend a conference where they're supposed to sign a peace treaty with Japan. Yeah. Because China wasn't, wasn't invited. invited. Yeah. So there's this, you have India who's supposedly on your side and has your back, but then you exile the leader that started this rebellion against quote unquote. Yeah. This quote unquote rebellion. Not a rebellion, just leading my own country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I feel like I, I don't get it, but I understand maybe like the, the, yeah. the, like the feeling of being stabbed in the back or like the like oh what the fuck like you've always had our side and now you're just gonna like openly accept our like you know public enemy right but then it's like i don't know it's uh, first of all and i think this is all because they're all men it's just very childish to me oh absolutely mao zedong got jealous that the dalai lama was accepted it's by petty. india it's so petty these queens are out of control probably why i somewhat identify with i it. guess because like, I, I don't get, I get it. it i don't get it. it's so dumb to me i'm Patty like LaBella, if yeah. you if you exile somebody mm -hmm. to another country and then that country is cool with the person you exiled mm -hmm. what does that have to do with you that's true Truly, at the Nothing. end of the day, what does that have to do with you? You you just but kicked a leader out of his own country. Enemy of your state. So now, I guess it's like at that moment, China saw that India was siding with Tibet on this issue, and yeah, not, along not them. with like the rest of the fucking world. Yeah. But I get it. Like I get it, but I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the whole thing. Like yeah. I get it, but I don't. But that's because it's dumb. That's what was interesting. Is I I kind of wrote down this note that. It, it seemed that India was a little too um, trusting of Japan, of Japan, of China. Of China, yeah. I think everybody was um, in, in those days. Yeah, because even as... So, China immobilized their troops to the border. Um, to right. the Akasin... The Indian border. The Indian border. The actual Indian border, yeah, not yeah. the Tibet border, but and, the actual... Yeah, yeah. and... <laughs> Even at that moment, India was like, it's cool. We don't need to. We're not going to. We're not going to send like troops or anything to the well, border. Yeah. And they didn't have any troops to send. They they had a very small army. You very have to you have to remember that. Like freshly independent. Freshly independent. 1949 yeah. also. But also like um, China is always going to. They've always been like a powerhouse when it came to the military. Absolutely. But at this point, this was before they had like a middle class. So this is back in the time when China was still kind of viewed as like a peasant country. But they had a strong military. Yeah. And that's pretty much all they had was just military might. And so they just occupied spaces. They would like go and Tibet. strong arm. Basically. Strong arm countries right. essentially into like forfeiting or whatever. Right. Um, so. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. So I was just going to say, so if anybody doesn't know where Tibet is, a good, just cute little reference mm -hmm. is that it splits. The, so Tibet is on the border of Nepal and India. Yep. And it's in between basically Nepal and China. It's like this mm -hmm. big chunk. And a fun fact that I learned today when I was researching this is that uh, Tibet is the northern border of the Himalayan mountain ranges mm -hmm. and it splits the peak of Mount Everest. So yep. the side that everybody hikes up is in Nepal. And that's because the other side is occupied by China and they don't allow people in there. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure if you like hiked up and went around the other side to the north side, you're in Tibet technically. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So that's just like geographically where it's at. Yeah. And it is in a hot spot because India is its own free country. Mm -hmm. China is its own free country. Tibet is also its own free country, but China doesn't acknowledge it. Yeah. It's I think I think when I looked it up, when I looked up Tibet, it said it's China has assumed some like assumed um, territorial borders or something of Tibet. And I was like, they're essentially occupying it. Yeah. They're <laughs> illegally occupying it. And I was like, oh, okay. So hit the mic. 
<laughs> so let's talk about Tibet and a little bit of their political leanings because they don't have a prime minister and they don't have mm-hmm. a president. They have the Dalai Lama. Yeah. The Dalai Lama is um, a spiritual leader because Tibet is essentially a theocracy mm-hmm. leading up to 1949. So it is a Buddhist country. There's two mm-hmm. sects of Buddhism that they mainly... Um, practice and beautiful temples, beautiful country. You have to remember that we're in essentially the high elevation of the Himalayas. It's known as the tabletop of the world. Tabletop of the world. So super high elevation, Mm -hmm. super thin air, extremely cold, harsh weather, all Buddhist. So Tibet uh, has always kind of been separate from all the areas around it because it doesn't have a culture like any of the other areas Mm -hmm. because you're basically raised on the tabletop of the world. Of course, you're going to be different from people in India versus people in low, like mainland China and, and all other areas around them. So, um, Having the Dalai Lama be both their political leader and their spiritual leader, it really does make Tibet. It's it's a very unique area yeah, to yeah, yeah. live in. To be Tibetan oh, is very specific. Geographically, it's it's freaking insane. And and it's the geography that that really plays into their culture and their religion mm-hmm. and everything. <clears throat> Sorry. So let's take it back to the eight hundreds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just. We're jumping, we're going, now we're going back and we're going to work our way through the 20th century. Yeah, buddy. Join me, friends. So, there was a formal peace treaty that concluded between China and Tibet. Okay. In 821. Wow. In okay. eight twenty three three numbers, 821. Not a four-digit number. <laughs> this is a three-digit number. 800 years after Jesus done died. <laughs> yes. So, in 821, there's a formal peace treaty between China and Tibet. And there's a quote in the peace treaty that mm-hmm. says, Tibetans shall be happy in Tibet. The Chinese shall be happy in China. Boom. I mean, all peace treaties should just be that simple. Yeah, absolutely. 821, they got it. Absolutely. Very simple, very straightforward. Tibetans, Tibet for Tibetans, China for Chinese. We're cool. Well, it was probably at that time, too, where they were like, man, I I know we have this verbal agreement, but like, maybe we should just like write something down on paper. Let's just keep it like a fish. We're going to keep it a fish, you know? All right. (laughs) So we're going to be happy over here. You'd be happy over there. Is that cool? Sign the dotted line. You do you. Gucci game. Essentially, it's I'm gonna do me, homie. You should do you. Yeah, absolutely. Paper diamond. It's just, <laughs> or is that base nectar? That's base nectar, right? Or paper diamond? That's paper diamond. Paper diamond. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Good. I remembered the fish. The yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So, because of Tibet's geographical location and 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 the geography of it, yeah, it's pretty obvious that throughout world history, a lot of people came in. Tried yeah. to take over. Yeah. They were like, Britain came in, right? The Mongols mm-hmm. came in. Oh, um, that whole area is just riddled with war and, and it, border like, discretion. Yeah. And, throughout world history. Yeah. But the gag is, and here's the thing that I found really smart about the Dalai Lamas that have existed through in Tibet throughout history, mm-hmm. is that they actually weren't occupied very often because the Dalai Lama would come in and he was like, yo, I get it. Cute. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you Mongols. You're coming across the border. You're trying to take over. It's whatever. But here's the thing. This is Tibet. It's like super cold. We're all just like meditating all day. We're all hella yeah. Buddhist. We're just trying you to keep it. don't want this. Exactly. And here's the thing about being a, a Buddhist theocracy is that. You ain't about that it's, life. It's one of those. It's it's being a Buddhist theocracy. Tibet doesn't want more than they have, mm-hmm. but they also don't want less than what they have. So yeah. you can't take anything, but I'm also not going to take what's yours either. Yeah, I don't I'm, want what's yours. I'm just trying to be here happy with what yeah. I have. And that's what that's a foundation of Buddhist principles, mm-hmm. right? Just be cool with what you have. You shouldn't always be seeking and mm-hmm. striving for more. Why do you need more? Be content with what you have. And that is where you will end your suffering. Yeah. People who, y'all know Buddhism, you get into it, but... <laughs> you have to be happy with what you have. So yeah. what did the Dalai Lama do? Well, when people would come in and they would try to take over the capital, which is Hasa, Tibet, which has an L in the beginning, but 
the Ellis Island in my mm-hmm. my brain, so it's Hasa. <laughs> <laughs> um, when people come in, the Dalai Lama would be like, cute, cool, I see what you're doing, but you won't occupy us. How about this? I'll just be your religious council. Oh, okay. And then, so like, all the Mongols would come in and they're like, yeah, we're not going to take over Tibet because they're my religious, like the country represents my, mm. my religious council. So I'm going to go try to conquer India or I'm going to go down yeah. to another country, but I'm not going into Tibet. So that's how the Dalai Lama kept it pretty cute. So that's what kept him from being conquered, I should say. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 20th century. You guys, it's going to be a real, it's just a fun ride through time. It's like a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. 1904, they have the Hassa Convention. Yes. So the Hassa is the capital of Tibet. The British ever so briefly dipped a cool toe into the cool, cool waters of conquering the capital of Tibet. Okay. Briefly meaning like months, weeks, like oh. dipped a toe. Brit- Britain was like, oh, we're taking over. And then, <laughs> and then the Dalai Lama was like, no, you're not. Literally that same year, they signed a treaty that was like, Britain mm-hmm. will not take over Tibet. You stay over in Britain. I'm going to stay over here. We'll yeah. be cool. Right. Six years later, in 1910, the Chinese Imperial armies tried to reassert influence by invading the country and occupying the cap- the, the capital again. Okay. So six years after the British tried and failed. Like, Tibet's just over here. Like, let me just, like, meditate all day, dude. Like, I'm just like- trying to be in my temple. I've got my incense going. Good. We are Gucci. You know what I'm saying? We got our goats. We're milking it's our goats. It's snowing. It's snowing all the time. I'm, I'm good. The air's super thin up yeah. here. We're good. You know, we're getting, yeah. our blood's thin. We're cool. And then, again, China comes back. Six years later. Later. Britain tried, failed. Six years later, China ch- later China comes in, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna try to occupy the ca- capital." So the year after that, you're good. Okay, <laughs> the year after that, in 1911, there was a revolution in China, and it was a revolution of the Chinese trying to overthrow the Manchu Empire. Okay, and so the troops that were in Tibet, trying to occupy Tibet at the time, mm-hmm. um, were repatriated under the Sino-Tibetan Peace Accord. So okay. now you have a peace accord between China and Tibet again. Mm-hmm. After 821, we have another one in 1911. Um, and the Dalai Lama reasserted during this uh, 1911 peace accord, Tibet's full independence. Okay. So, so what the Dalai Lama said in 1911 essentially was like, okay, cute. All right. So Chinese, China had their revolution, yeah, 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 but you're yeah. also trying to conquer our land. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to allow your troops to leave. We're not going to keep them in prison or anything, which yeah. we should do. We'll allow them to leave. We'll sign this peace treaty. And then like, I picture the Dalai Lama, like in front of CNN and all the cameras and mm-hmm. everything, just like BT dubs, just so the world knows okay. we're an independent state. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the Dalai Lama, like doubles down. Yeah. Doubles like, down. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Like we've been, we're just trying to be happy, man. We're not, we're not capturing your, your, your army. We ain't bothering we're, nobody. We're not torturing anybody. Just like, let, let us, us be, be in peace. Essentially. That's the whole thing. And so during the announcement of that peace treaty, um, with the Chinese and the Tibetans, mm-hmm. Dalai Lama doubles down literally both, uh, how do they word it? They said, he reasserted Tibet's full independence internally mm-hmm. by issuing a proclamation and externally in communication with for, foreign rulers and in a treaty with Mongolia. Okay. So he's like got the paper trail. He's like, yeah. we're a free state he here. Has we're free his state. Receipts. He's got the receipts. So then essentially the way that I picture it is from 1911 when they signed that peace treaty with China mm-hmm. through like about 1950, 1949-ish. Yeah. Tibet was cute. She's That's out here cute. just like doing what she got to do. Mm-hmm. She's paying off her debt. She's building up her emergency fund. She's flossing every night. She's brushing twice a day. She's yeah. drinking lots of water. Got the skincare. Like Tibet's thriving. She's yeah. just yeah, getting. Yeah, yeah. She's getting it together. 
And but during this entire time, China's still telling the world that Tibet falls under what they call their five races. So there's five races that is under the umbrella that we call China, which I was like, weird, but okay. So the five races that China said that they had control over, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. is the Han, the Manchus, the Mongols, the Hui, which is H-U-I, so I'm going to say Hui, (laughs) and the Tibetans. Okay. But this whole time, Tibet's like, no, no, I just I just sent you the receipts. Like I'm a st- I'm a free state, mm-hmm. and then China's like, no, you're one of our five races. And then Tibet's like, no, sis, see, I just told That's you. That's like their cute, their cute, quote unquote cute way of yeah. of like slyly trying to like say you belong to us. And and Tibet's like, no, I just signed a bunch. I just signed a peace treaty with like, the Mongolians and wrote in that that we are a free state. And they're like, no. Nah. And then China's like, no, nah, you're one nah. of us. And then Tibet's like. No, bitch. Like, seriously, though. <laughs> like, no, seriously, though. No. Like, I'm a free state. Like, though, really, though. Like, I get what you're doing. I'm a free state. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't help me with this down payment on this home I just got. You haven't you been helping. You don't pay no bills around here. You don't pay no bills around here. Can't take no claim. Mm-hmm. She's the only one who signed that mortgage. Get it, Tibet. So, in 1913. <laughs> 1913. So, China's still saying that Tibet is one of the five races. Tibet's like, no. Britain, after having the peace treaty with Tibet, <laughs> steps in. Britain's like, this this back and forth that you guys are doing, not cute. Yeah. And we're all watching it. The rest of the world already knows that Tibet's a free state. Apparently, China's hard of hearing. So we're just going to, yeah. we're going to have a what they call a tripartite, which is a oh. three-party meeting. So Britain, okay. Tibet, and China. So like Britain's there, they're like, we're going to mediate this They're going to mediate. That's what Britain, 1913, they were like, China's not listening. And the rest of us are yelling. So let me just, I'm a mediator. They're going to Molly Brown the situation between they, the miners and the. And the, and, and the and, company. Yeah. yeah. The mining company. That's pretty much what Britain did. Yeah. And by calling it a tripartite or a three party mm-hmm. implies that Britain acknowledges that Tibet is a free state. Yeah. Because the way that China sees it True. is it's actually a two party meeting because Tibet's not its own Ooh. state. It's China and Britain. Could have been a lawyer. Right. But Britain's like, no, it's a three party. So it's us, China and Tibet. Okay. Because she stands on her own two feet. Because she's her own entity. She told us multiple times. Listen, you're invited to come to the table. The yeah. tabletop of the world. Anytime you'd like. Right. But this is ours. Like, to the point where in the in the in the in the conference, mm-hmm. Britain had a, a a reminder, if you will, for China. And Britain oh. was like, just so you know, Tibet is an independent nation recognizing no allegiance to China. And then China was like, false. And Britain was like, no, see, that's the thing. It's three-party thing. So what we're saying is like, we're all in agreement about this first thing. Yeah, yeah, and China yeah. freshly said, no. She was just, no. That's like her one English word. She was like, no. And then, so then Britain and Tibet, like, go to the other side of the room. I don't know. This is how I'm picturing it in my head. And I, they end up having the Anglo-Tibetan friendship. So now yeah. Tibetan okay. Britain are over here cutting yeah. trades and talking policy See, and whatnot. You're nicer than me because the way nicer. I pictured it was <laughs> they're all at like a conference table. Okay. China's on one side of the table. Right. Britain and, and Tibet are on the other side. And True. China's like, no. <laughs> and then how I imagine it is Britain just leans over delicately to Tibet and they just start talking shit about China. I would right love that, face. right? That's funny. I like that. So it's like, so Britain hits them with the like, Tibet's an independent nation and doesn't yeah. recognize any allegiance to China. No. And then China's across the table. They're like, uh, I disagree. That's a no for me. That's a no over here. That's cute. That's cute. But like, she's. Tibet's a free state. 
And then like Britain leans over and he's like, no, you're like a free state. We should totally do business together. Yeah. We should we should do some business. We recognize this. Like if anything ever goes down, like we got you. I got you. Like we got this together. shit on lock. So they literally had an Anglo-Tibetan agreement yeah. and they made some trades and stuff. And they also agreed that China would have no rights in Tibet without first signing the Simla Convention, okay. which, quote, guaranteed Tibet's greater borders, its territorial integrity, and full autonomy. Good. This is a, So everybody's sitting at the table still, and then China hits them with a, that's false. I don't agree with that. There's no autonomy here. I don't know what you're talking They're about. They're part of China. <laughs> you're all speaking French to me, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> like, that's, so, like, China hit them with a no. And then Britain and Tibet were like, you can't just say no to everything. I feel like... Okay. <laughs> this whole like meeting that they're having. Yeah. They're threes. The tripartite. Tripartite. <laughs> is what I imagine like any just like normal conversation with Donald Trump is. Bruh. The the <laughs> the whole time I was reading up on Tibet and I was like, either Donald Trump is a Chinese <laughs> communist leader or China in 1913 was essentially like, Trump. Like, it's guitar-headed. Like Dr. Fauci over here saying, like, but, like, as Americans, it's our right. responsibility to wear masks. And Absolutely. he's like, no. No. <laughs> he just says no. And you're like, but can you elaborate? No, why don't you go talk to China? Right. And it's, you're like, but what? What? What do we? We're talking about America. <laughs> so in the meeting, we're talking about Tibet. And China's like, no, you're technically talking about me because I we're, we're one. Yeah. And then Britain's like. No, no. <laughs> that's that's where you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're wrong. This is wild. It's wild. So then fast forward. So that was 1914, right? 13. Sorry. 13. That was the tripartite in 1913. OK, so now we're going to fast forward back to 1949. OK, this is when I say in my notes, China mm -hmm. popped off. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they kept it cute for the majority of the 1950s. Yes. India and China. Did, yes. But. Shady boots. China be the <laughs> China. China, when it comes to Tibet and all, everything that's happening there, shady fucking boots. But it, it, not that it makes sense, but like I get the logic because to China, Tibet is theirs. But then the rest of the world. Oh no, I get it. I get that. But like, like we get. They it. don't recognize that the rest of the world sees Tibet as a free state. Yeah. Because like to China. Like, no, that's ours. Yeah. These are my things. It's wild. I don't know. I know. I was trying to look it up. So, like, essentially, as a Taurus, I feel like I can say this. Mm -hmm. China is more hard-headed than any Taurus I've ever met in my life. Because at some point, if I'm standing there and, 100 and, and 180 Truly. other countries look at me and they're like, bitch, you're wrong. Like, the rest of us are all in agreement. You're the one country who's just like, not. Well, damn. Some people would be like, oh, maybe I got to, like, think about some stuff. Yeah. And China's like, no. No. False. Just, Again. False. No. Just no. That's just like, uh. Hashtag China no. Hashtag China. That's no. that's all. Hashtag China said no. China said no. China said false. Like China just shut it the fuck down. China said fake news. Literally. Again, the parallels are unset unsettling. I know, I'm I'm it's clicking. They're over clicking, here. right? I'm like, oh boy. So 1949 is when China officially the the People's Liberation Army mm -hmm. Army of the People's Republic of China first invade Tibet okay. and defeat a small army. Tibet yeah. ain't got a lot of armies. These are these are Buddhist they, monks and they've got their temples and their peace and they they're cold. Meditate. <laughs> they're chilling. And like chill and they like just try to reach their higher selves. They're literally like, the whole point 
is to find enlightenment. Yeah. And then everybody keeps bothering them. They ain't got no guns. <laughs> no. We've got our goats and our temples and They're our peace and our enlightenment. A peaceful, independent state. And throughout, the rest of the world is like, I see you. Throughout history, yeah. everything that they've done has just been like, yo, thank you. But like, no. Like to the point where. This so, is ours. So, so China technically invades uh, Tibet and, uh -huh. and defeats them with a small army in 1949. Yeah. This is. World War. This is just the end of World War Two, or after World War Two. Yeah. During World War Two, Tibet, Tibet, Tibet. That's the word. Ooh, couldn't say words for a second. Had a moment. Tibet um, claimed itself as being neutral. They yeah. had no involvement. There yeah. were a bunch of other countries that were like, "Yo, we can use these mountain passes. Like, this would be super helpful trying to get like equipment and yeah. food and stuff." And Tibet was like, "False. We don't have any time. We're trying to find enlightenment. You know, let me hit yeah. Nirvana. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to leave me alone. That's Just what Tibet leave, keeps saying. Leave me alone before Just, a Spartan kick you off this mountain. Truly, because we will climb Everest and I will kick you to the the Nepalese side or whatever. <laughs> like I'm gonna kick you over. So then, by uh, May 23rd, 1951, by this point, China has occupied half of Tibet. Okay. And they that's when they impose the 17 point agreement for the peaceful liberation of Tibet. Okay. This is the name of the document. Okay. This is known as a one country, two systems model, which Israel, Palestine, mm -hmm. Tibet, China, a lot of countries are trying it. I don't know if it's been successful yet. No. I don't know history well enough to know if it's ever been successful, yeah. but we'll find out as we do more research on yeah, other yeah. things. So uh, one of the, so there's two points I wanted to bring up from the, quote, 17-point agreement for the peaceful liberation of Tibet. 17's a lot. 17's a lot. I'm going to hit you with two. I'm going to hit you with two because 17's 17 a lot. I was like, oh, boy. I was looking for it. I was hoping somebody had it numbered, but I couldn't find it. So one of them is, quote, the central government will not change the current political system in Tibet and the inherent status and authority of the Dalai Lama. Okay. The Tibetan officials at all levels serve as usual. Okay. Cool. That seems like something I can agree to. Cool. Cool. Sign me up. Another point that they brought up. Respect the religious beliefs and customs of the Tibetan people and protect the, protect the Lama temple. Boom. These are cool. It's a theocracy. We got our Dalai Lama. <laughs> you're giving us our freedom. It sounds like you're not really occupying anything. Yeah. You're not. Like, okay, I could, I could sign up on yeah, yeah, these yeah. 17 All points. we ask is you recognize our leader and you protect our temple. Boom. Boom. That's two of the 17 points. I'm taking those two. Those sound pretty good. However... China was like, no. <laughs> so China writes the 17 points and then they said no to their own fucking document, which is, which is wild, wild. <laughs> which is wild. It's so Trumpian yeah. to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to there's a there's a uh, organization called the Unrepresented Nations and Peoples Organization. Okay. UNPO org. Quote, the Chinese Communist Party never complied with the agreement. The Chinese army arrived in Hassa and soon tore up the document and forced the Dalai Lama and the Tibetan government into exile in India. Wild. So they get them to sign a 17-point mm -hmm. document that hits them with everything that Tibet wants. Yeah. And then rip it up and exile the Dalai Lama to India. How petty are you? And then get mad that India accepts the Dalai him. Lama yeah. and then boom. Boom. War. War between India and China. What is it good for? Not shit. So just a little bit, just a little bit more about this, about Tibet. So, of course, during this whole thing, you've now exiled the Dalai Lama, um, and all of that happens in 1951. Mm -hmm. So about eight years later, think about being a Tibetan person, a person in Tibet, you're essentially being occupied by China. Mm -hmm. The Dalai Lama gets exiled to, to India and ends up setting up what is legally called a T Tibetan government in exile. So it's like okay. government dash in dash exile. That's like the official title. So the Dalai Lama technically is governing Tibet 
from India because he's been exiled by China, who is illegally occupying his country. Yeah. Right. So eight years of being in Tibet and being pissed off at China, you're going to get some resistance. Yeah. You're going to get a little bit of resistance. Little people who are like, you kicked out our Dalai Lama and then you took away our rights. Yeah. And you're wrong. So by 1959, the Chinese had occupied the Chinese occupation, excuse me, had resulted in over 87,000 deaths of Tibetans in the capital alone. Just the capital. Damn. They they were murdering people left and right in China. This is when Mao states that this rebellion in Tibet was caused by India. Yeah. And that's what leads to the war in 1962. Yes. It's it's unfortunate. It is. It is very unfortunate. So the war did not last very long. No. It lasted just a few months. Yeah. It was like super short. And a lot of that is, is because India is not a military state. No. So Not it's it's very easy for a country like China to, to come in and strong arm strong arm them and essentially essentially what happened was <laughs> China I think recognized that like they could just desolate like desolate like everything yeah They're just everything because it's a because at this point china is a country that doesn't have a middle class it mm-hmm. isn't really they're not they're not the powerhouse we think of them in 2020 yeah. at this point this is when they're still kind of poverty stricken yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've all they they put their money in their military mm-hmm. and they use their military might to physically dominate yeah. their neighbors it's it's a tale as old as time it's that's literally how how empires started way back in the day it's men being men as yeah. far as i'm concerned because it don't make so, no sense unfortunately <laughs> india lost yeah but with that we have the Defense of India Act in 1962. This came right after the war, after China called the ceasefire. Yep. It was like November 21st, they call the ceasefire. Yeah. And then they do this act like that week or something, don't yep. they? Okay. Yep. So re- they immediately pass this. It's essentially, it states that they are allowed to apprehend and detain any person suspected of being a hostile. So. <laughs> a hostile. The language is is broad enough to where essentially if you even look like you're Chinese, mm-hmm. if you have a Chinese surname or you have a Chinese spouse, yep. you're being detained and you're being put in prison. Because essentially to at this point in time to India, you're a spy for China. Yep. And we see this throughout history as well. The same thing happened in in the United States with the Japanese internment camps, yep. uh, Japanese American internment camps. Um uh, but like, what was crazy? So, in India, they were captive for about five years, I believe. Dang. Um, and all they've like this entire time, they're just like, "Yo, can we just get like an apology?" Because that was like really <laughs> fucked up. That's messed up. Like, just a, a quick, "I'm sorry." Yeah. And we're Gucci. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think at first it was like. We want like an apology and we want reparations. <laughs> because, I mean, hey, because essentially what happened. So like, even though like five years doesn't seem like a long time, it is. It is. It's a very long time because you're you're in prison essentially for five years for just being Chinese in India. Five to be locked up for for just existing. That's a yeah. long time. So what what happened was. <laughs> All of their property and everything was assumed back yep. by the rest of the community or the township. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had like a, a cute little convenience store, like a little market stall. Well, yep. that was now taken over. That's no longer yours. Your house is no longer yours. Your farm is no longer yours. Yep. You have nothing. So what happened five years later when people were being released, they were they were sent back to their townships yep. and 
they didn't have anything. So local authorities would just go ahead and round them up and put them in local prison. Jeez. Uh, and they didn't know because they didn't know what to do with them. So, because do do you have any? Do you have the count? Like how many people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So initially, um, there was about ten thousand people of Chinese Jeez. origin um, that were detained from all over India, including Calcutta, Bombay, Darjeeling, Kalimpong. I'm yes. probably these really, are names. Yeah. These, are, these names. are all just <laughs> near and far. We're from Colorado. Yeah, you're getting what I you apologize, get. but like <laughs> doing my best. Um, and and what's <laughs> What's also funny is that, not funny, but w- you see the parallel between what India did and um, <laughs> they have the Constitution of India. Yeah. And then they also were one of the first people, first countries to sign the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Yeah. And just the the act of, in, of internment, of these internment camps of Chinese Indian citizens. Yeah goes against everything the declaration for human rights yeah that's you're taking away people's rights yeah but then you say like men are crazy i blame it's, men it's so crazy <laughs> so then <laughs> they were sent um to i think it's diali or dioli sure. um it's a essentially a desert prison camp that was built Jesus. by uh the British in 1942 as a prisoner of war camp for Japanese, German, and Italian combatants during World War II. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the ally camp. Okay. So the camp housed a total of 7,000 inmates. 60% of those, of the of that 70 or 7,000 mm-hmm. were children and elderly. That's usually what it is. That's what it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Because even if, even if you say you're rounding up people who are revolutionaries or they're starting mm-hmm. a rebellion, 99% of the time it's young adults, mm-hmm. and usually it's males. Yeah. But when you round everybody up based on race, it's, you're you're getting somebody's grandma and, like, yeah. the newest great-grandkid. Yeah. Why? What are they going to do? And so, <laughs> so right when they – right before they declared this, right, they're right. like, we give you one month to get out to of get, our country. You get out of India. You and, get out. And some people did. So, I mean – some people took that, but then there are other people who weren't physically capable or monetarily capable of fleeing a country. That's always how it is. Who yeah. gets left behind when shit pops off? The poor, the mm-hmm. sick, um, the elderly, an old. Yeah, those are the people who get left behind, and then those are the people you're gonna round up. Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do? Hit you with their walker? Right, bro. They couldn't so. even afford the walker. <laughs> So in 1964, two years after everybody was put into the internment camp, Jesus, okay, um, they announced that all the internees would be deported to China, which <laughs> it's the equivalent of of Trump saying all Mexican Americans need to go back to Mexico. And I'm it's like, honestly but, waiting for the day where he's like, we're gonna round, round up all these black people, we're just sending them to like just Africa, and it's like, but where in Africa? It's the largest <laughs> continent, <laughs> it's the birthplace of the world. And I'm from Aurora, so I don't know nothing about. Them. <laughs> Lions? What's happening over there? Right. That's what they did to the Chinese. Yeah. Where you were born in India. You're yeah. essentially Indian. You got our culture and our customs and da da da. But you got to go back here because you don't look mm-hmm. like me. People well, are dumb. And what's crazy <laughs> was that so the, the deportations were arbitrary. So okay, nobody. It essentially broke up families. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and it didn't matter. It was like prisoner seven oh five. 706 708 you're out but it's like okay but that's this person this person and my son it's like me my brother and my daughter but my wife and my so, <laughs> my mom and so my cousin it, are still here sadly it actually broke up a lot of families and a lot of the people didn't ever get reconnected because yep. they don't know where they went yep they just were sent to a foreign country 
the same thing we have with a lot of kids that were mm-hmm. put into that Trump locked up in cages, <sighs> put into the foster system, but yeah. hundreds are actually missing and we don't know where they are. Yeah. Yeah. People are wild. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that only lasted a couple months. So right. <clears throat> after that, they essentially said that the remaining inmates had the option to migrate to China. So, so first we're going to force like every third person. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to be like the rest of you who are locked up against your will. Yeah. You have the option to leave if mm-hmm. you can yeah. and if you can afford it and if you can like get there. But I've been in prison for five years. I don't have any property. I don't have money. How am I supposed to just move to China? You're not giving us any type of reparations. Are you going to supposed are you to gonna drop me off? Right. Are you driving us to the border? Are you taking yeah. me to the, the Greyhound station? Like, no. What's going on? <laughs> they no, never do that. They're literally just going to release you from the from the prison, and then they're going to monitor you. Cross them Himalayas. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Cross the Himalayas. I'm, I'm, I'm in rags right, right. now. Like, I'm an 88-year-old grandma. I'm not crossing the Himalayas not- today climbing everest <laughs> is what i'm not doing absolutely not um Jesus. so about 2500 people chose to stay because they were just hopeful that like they could just go home i'm from india yeah. i was born here yeah this is my home yeah. i would like to stay here yeah so then that's when you find out they don't really have a home anymore yep we took your money your livelihood so then they went from a big really shitty desert prison to like a local prison because Which is probably shittier probably because it's probably not well the, so the this prison and uh dioli or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever however you say it um was very underprepared it was oh, not right. they didn't have anything really for them i don't think they had enough beds they definitely didn't have enough food, food water yeah Ugh. anything like that it was literally like they just put everybody on a train and like sent them to the prison and then they weren't ready for the volume of people that were sent I blame men. I really do. Yeah. I just feel like you get one, even one evil woman mm-hmm. would have a better plan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Let's think ahead. How are we going to get people there? How do we take care of them when we get there? Mm-hmm. No. So the Chinese population in Calcutta was decreased by half, literally 50%. Jeez. They went from 20,000 to 10,000. Um, those who remained were seen as enemies to the yep. state. Um, and most could not even hold a job in a restaurant a tanning salon or even like a shoemaking business. They Jesus. could not hold a job Could, because they were considered enemies. Yeah. So then also starting in about the 1980s, I believe their movements started being restricted. So the Chinese Indians were required to report to designated police stations once a month. Mm-hmm. And this, this was until about the mid 1990s. They had to apply for special permits to travel more than just a few kilometers from their home. So you're basically on house arrest yep. for being of Chinese descent. Yep. And not even, and not on the, obviously they did it mostly based on looks, right? Yeah. So not everybody that's exactly. going through this is even of Chinese descent. What so doesn't exactly. make it wrong. It doesn't mm-hmm. make it better or anything. It makes it actually worse because you're just rounding mm-hmm. people up at this point. Yeah. Literally. Just wild. Get out of here. <sighs> so they've, they literally started, they wanted reparations and they wanted an apology. And just a smooth, I'm sorry. They, they realized they weren't going to get that. So yeah. then they're like, okay, how about you just like verbally tell the nation that like this was wrong. We shouldn't have done this. <laughs> right. Radio silence. Of course. Like, so. This was India's China's chance who, to say no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was India's chance to say no, but like they no. just they just chose to be silent. Yeah. Which is like the strongest no. It's the strongest no. Because you're essentially saying 
you're so beneath me that I don't even hear your request. I'm not even going to like acknowledge, acknowledge your, your existence. Yeah. Yep. Fucking crazy. That's wild. So to this day, there are still like civil lawsuits and stuff going okay. on in India. Um, Which makes sense. You're talking about recent history, 1980. Yeah. And you know what the real gaggery of that whole situation is? Now what? that I, so to bring it back current day, 2020 yeah. on this here day, mm -hmm. China is doing the exact same thing to the Uyghur population in China. Yeah. So the Uyghur population are Muslims who are practicing Muslims in China. And mm -hmm. they are, they're literally rounding up Chinese Muslim Chinese people, I should say. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the term is for that. Because I was say Muslim Americans, but that's not it. Muslim Chinese people? I don't yeah. know what it is. They're literally rounding, rounding them up. Uh, they're pulling men off the street if they have beards. They won't allow women to wear like hijabs or face coverings or anything wow. like that. If they catch people praying multiple times a day, they lock them up. And then they send letters to their families because people, they're literally taking people off the streets right now, 2020. Yeah. They're taking people off the streets because homeboy has a beard. And then his family will like call the police and they're like, I haven't seen my brother in three weeks. And then they yeah. get a letter from the Chinese government that says he's been sent to a, uh, essentially a facility to teach him how to be a better citizen. But what's actually happening in the facilities is human torture mm -hmm. and they're forcing people to give up their religion and they're forcing people to uh basically accept the communist party as their new religion and this is happening in 2020 we have proof yeah. we have the documents we talk to the people it exists this is so crazy chinese government officials are sleeping overnight in the homes of people that they presume are muslim and in some cases sleeping in the beds of the women and kicking the husbands out it doesn't make any sense at this point it's just sexual assault and yeah and yeah and this is happening in 2020 in china they're doing the exact same thing india did to them in 1960 70s yeah they're doing it now to Muslim Chinese people in 2020. That's and much worse because they're brainwashing them and they're telling them that they yeah. are brainwashed. They're saying they're literally saying it's the same policy that they had for they're the SARS. They're reconditioning them. They're reconditioning them. It's the same policy they had for the SARS epidemic a couple mm -hmm. years ago where they would they they were like, "Oh, we got to keep people who have SARS together so the disease doesn't spread." And literally in the documentation that the Chinese government is sending to the Uyghurs, they are considering mu being Muslim a disease mm -hmm. and they're trying to prevent it from spreading. But on top of that, just to throw a little, just a little, mm -hmm. another tea gag moment in history, the Chinese are also developing facial recognition software that is being used by the policing and everything in mm -hmm. China. And the only districts that they're putting it in without anybody's approval are in the Uyghur districts. So they are, huh. they are illegally basically tracking people that they believe are Muslim, treating it like a disease, rounding That's them crazy. up. It's crazy. It's crazy. 2020. That's wild. To hear about that. In like I blame men. Well, what's, <laughs> what's crazy is like learning about history in general and then just how deeply rooted religion is in religion in, and racism in history. Absolutely. Religion. Yeah. Just religion and hate somehow. Yeah. Religion, which is supposed to represent love mm -hmm. and hate. Yeah. Those are the two things that are always consistent throughout history. Oh, yeah. And that's what um, you, you learn about a lot of it. And it's a lot of wars are based off of religion. It's and it's dumb. like, but. I don't think your higher power wants you to go and murder people in the streets because they don't believe what you believe. I'm just trying to figure out where in the Bible it says, like, yo, go kill this person because they don't read this book. For real. Like, yo, I don't I don't remember that passage. I don't either. It's kind of crazy. It's upsetting. It is. It's very upsetting. All right. Well, <laughs> that was a deep dive into Tibet and the Sino. Indian Indian War. War of 1962. That's the year. I've already brain dumped. I'm not going to lie. This information came in. I said the words. It was fascinating. And then I, I like Oh, it. no. It's, I yeah, learned no, it. Yeah. I learned a lot about Tibet. Um, it's fascinating. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's always good to just yeah. learn something. So if you like our content, <laughs> um, 
make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever. Wherever. If you want to follow me specifically, you can follow me on Instagram at MVP Andy. And if you want to follow me for some ungodly reason, I'm at on Instagram at MyCoPlants. Yes, ma'am. And then we are on social media as Sippin' T303. Whoop, whoop. Make sure to follow us and we will update you on when our episodes come out every two weeks. 120,000 square kilometers <laughs> cut off India. Whoops, my bad. Let me redraw that map. Whoopsie doodle. You caught me. Whatever, China. (laughs) Calm down. Calm your shit. Shady boots. Shady boots. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.